0: When I started Hatch, it was really about making women feel better, giving them solutions that made them feel better that they can invest in. And in those solutions, it was it was clothing. What has happened since I've opened the stores in the last 24 months is pretty amazing, and I never saw it coming.
1: Many entrepreneurs call their business their baby. And while there are countless resources for business owners, from coaching to seminars to podcasts like this one, For mothers who give birth to a real baby, support in the months after birth, known as the fourth trimester, is crucial, yet may not always get the support needed. Arianne Goldman built Hatch, an apparel brand with fashionable maternity clothes designed for every trimester of pregnancy and beyond. She was determined to build more than a clothing brand. She wanted to build a community and a support system inspired by her own maternity frustrations. Coming up? you'll hear the lessons Arianne learned from her experiences in corporate America that she applied to her own ventures, how partnerships and events have played a crucial role in growing Hatch, the importance of business coaches, and how building a direct-to-consumer brand with niche products opened the doors for celebrity influence. Ariane, thank you so much for joining us today I've heard a little bit about your entrepreneurial story and how you got started because you're very focused on hatch right now but that wasn't your first entrepreneurial venture
0: it wasn't um, I actually worked in corporate America for the first eight years after college um, and I climbed up the ladder and I was managing people and I was having a really good time it was it afforded me a great lifestyle but I was really um, I was just thinking at 28 years old am I really using my hands and making things happen which I knew was just very important to me and at the time I was engaged and I was looking for a bridesmaids dress and there was nothing out there in the market that was speaking to me and the fact that I wanted my bridesmaids to all look the same but like thank me for a dress that they could wear again after the wedding. So at the time, um, the bridesmaids category wasn't very um, active and 27 dresses had just come out and I said, well, why don't I just make something for them that allows them to wear it again, feel beautiful in their own skin? And so I took a vintage Norma Kamali dress and I went to a factory on 37th Street and I had it made and the girls all wore these one-size-fits-all, kimono-esque kind of dresses and the, it was such a strong reaction um, when they walked down the aisle that I knew I was on to something. And when I got back from my wedding, I kind of started my side hustle and started my first brand which is called Two Birds Bridesmaid and um, – I got on the Martha Stewart show soon after that and was eventually able to quit my corporate job to kind of pursue this full time. How long did it take you before you could quit? It's a good question. So I went freelance with my company, um, which was really wonderful because you actually get paid more as a freelancer sometimes. Interesting. It it afforded me the freedom to really kind of take appointments when women were coming in to try on the dresses and kind of figure it out. And then when the Martha Stewart show hit, the phone just – it was kind of one of those stories that you read about. Um, The phone didn't stop ringing Mm -hmm. and I knew I was onto something. What year was this? 2007. Okay. So this was super early. It was. It was really early. Um, The D2C model hadn't quite hit yet. So it was kind of a very old school, by appointment only company where um, I had a beautiful website, but it was very bare bones with imagery. And because one in every five girls in New York at the time was in PR, Mm -hmm. it was kind of spread like wildfire where it was just like, you know, for every dress that you sell or every bride that you get. Five girls on average are wearing those dresses. Mm -hmm. So you're just spreading this kind of beautiful concept forward with word of mouth
1: and are you still running this business too?
0: I am. It's my baby, my first baby. Um, I love the business. It's a beautiful, profitable um, it, it, you know, business model. It's a golden product. It really works on all women of you know different shapes and sizes. And I really believe in it. Um, and I have three wonderful women running the company out of my office on Canal Street. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm.
1: And did you always know you were going to be an entrepreneur? You were working at Amex, very, very corporate. And now you've you know gone on this whole entrepreneurial journey.
0: It's a good question. So my parents for entrepreneurs. So I always knew about the hustle. I knew what it was like to work at a booth at the Javits Center Mm -hmm. um, in New York growing up as a kid. I even had my own businesses when I was young. Um, Believe it or not, I made um, kind of pretty sophisticated jewelry when I was nine. And I was written up in the style section of the Times with the headline saying entrepreneur at nine and a half years old. Oh, my goodness. So I had the taste of what it was like to make things from nothing. And there's this certain satisfaction and just real um, love I had for creating things. And I went to undergraduate business school at University of Michigan, which was an amazing opportunity. Um, And I got an internship at Amex, Mm -hmm. which kind of started that career path. But I always felt inside that I had more to give and more to make. And so I'm really grateful that against the current, I decided to leave something safe and start something a little bit scarier. Were you scared when you took that leap? Absolutely. I mean, especially because I fell in love with a creative guy, so <laughs> it wasn't like respectfully, you know, finances were going to, you know, be a slam dunk. So I knew that we had to work for a lifestyle that are, that's important to me, and if we wanted to have a family in New York City, it's so expensive, and so um, I made a decision early on that I was going to fight for it myself and make something happen. Good for you. It yeah.
1: definitely takes a lot of courage to do that. I know Courtney and I, we both quit our corporate jobs and Courtney was actually at Annex too. That was a job she quit before before we started our business. It's and a great place to yeah. start.
0: I mean, it's a beautiful organization and I really respect it a lot. And I didn't think that I had learned that much when I had first left and only now or the last couple of years do you just realize how much yes. stuck sticks with you. Not only all the acronyms that really you don't use again, but just uh, politics and and organization and hierarchy. And as a company gets bigger, I've been leaning on kind of my history there to remember what it was like to, you know, be in a bigger organization.
1: Absolutely. And as you are growing your company, figuring out how to scale the business, you can look at, you know, how did Amex do this? Because you think about it, how does a company run with thousands and thousands of people? It's
0: unbelievable. Yes. Yeah, Absolutely.
1: So tell us a little bit about how you then had this idea for Hatch and how you've started growing this business while also continuing to run your other your first business, your first baby.
0: Yeah, so two birds took off and I really wanted to be a first mover in markets that had the bridesmaids dressed uh, pr- uh, tradition, but was also English speaking. And so because my husband, um, who's a cinematographer, was traveling all the time, rather than waiting home for him and kind of depending on him for my kind of satisfaction and happiness, I decided to pack a duffel of these dresses and, and go to these different countries and ultimately make connections there where I opened up ateliers in Sydney, Australia, Toronto, um, Notting Hill, in London, LA and New York. And for three years, I was just hustling this dress around and just connecting the dots. And it was just the most amazing experience because it was really all about the hunger and the fight. And then I got pregnant with my first daughter, Charlie, Um, and I was kind of searching the internet at night for brands and places that I can, you know, feel better and and see brands that understand what I was going through and kind of so I can envision what I was going to turn into or kind of about to embark on. And I was just absolutely astonished that there was no one out there talking to me. And I figured that if I was looking for something, there must be millions of other women who are as well looking for a solution or someone that understood what we were about to go through. Um, And then that light bulb, went off again. And I guess based on the confidence from two birds, I decided that I'd kind of go at it again and try and fill the void in maternity. Um, and offer women a solution, once again, that allows you to wear something after a life moment Mm -hmm. and invest in yourself and not have to dispose of it.
1: What did you learn from your first company, maybe mistakes you made that you applied when you launched your second company?
0: So the market had shifted quite a bit. I think it was about four years later. Um, So direct-to-consumer businesses were much more top of mind, Mm -hmm. and it seemed like a stronger business model to own the information and the data. A little scarier because you have to kind of drive all that demand by yourself without mm-hmm. leaning on a wholesale partner or, um, you know, just old school customers, like interactions. But it just definitely seemed like that was the way I had to frame Hatch. Um, and I learned through Two Birds kind of painstakingly that wholesale, I remember Nordstrom placed a huge order for their bridal division. And the RTV, which is returned to vendor, mm-hmm. was something I didn't realize. And we got totally screwed on that front on the bridal side of things. And um, it, w- it was one of the biggest like hits of revenue. And then it just kind of – you know, hit us on a different way.
1: So explain for those who are listening who don't understand what that concept is. They essentially buy from you and if people don't purchase it, it gets sent back.
0: Yeah. And they had placed a very large order and I had actually warned the buyer saying, I really think this is a very large order. I'm not sure you're going to fulfill this, yeah. you know, or you're going to, you know, um, sell through it. And they pushed back on me and I said, all right, it's, it's large revenue. It's the most I've ever received. So if, if you believe in it, let's try it. And then I'd say about six to eight months later, I got a call saying that they wanted to send back the goods um, and they didn't want to keep them because they couldn't sell through.
1: Wow. And what year was this? Oh, I would
0: say that was probably – 2010.
1: So this is pre-social media getting really, really big where you probably could have helped them drive more yeah. sales through social. I
0: didn't have much control at yeah. the time. Yeah, wow. this paying to acquire and awareness, it just wasn't that big of a game back then. Yeah. Um, so I was leaning on them a lot for them driving their own sales. And then you realize that the people on the floor of the department stores are really responsible for sales. And there's so much turnover in stores that you can't control that experience yeah. or the education behind a dress. In this case, two birds, you really need to understand how to sell it and without that one-on-one education with the with the staff it was hard to kind of control that makes sense yeah so
1: tell us a little
0: bit about Hatch and where you are in your business now. Oh, it's been incredible. I mean, it feels like in some ways it feels like a lifelong experience. <laughs> in other ways, I feel like I'm at the starting line. It was 2010? Uh, 2011 is 11. when okay. I launched. Yeah. Um, so I was pregnant with Charlie. I started to um, – I lived in a loft in Soho and I pulled out a rack and I started putting on vintage pieces that were either my own finds or my mom's mumus and dresses that I would get stopped on the street in Soho for for my style during pregnancy, but none of them were maternity clothes. And I just started putting them on the rack as inspiration so that I wouldn't give up on this idea. So looking at it every day in my living room reminded me not to give up. Um, And I really believe in that because so easily could I have turned around saying I'm not doing this. Um, and I started with 12 key pieces, um, again, direct to consumer, very different business model, um, where I had to cut inventory and sit on it a little bit. And you had to bet, make some bets before Mm -hmm. you knew what was going to win. Um, and really hired a graphic designer who I had met on set with my husband who had a baby. So I knew that she would understand and she would kind of join on board, but I had no money really. I lent myself a little money from two birds, but not that much. And that really covered the cost of the site.
1: So you Um, bootstrapped this business. Bootstrap the business.
0: Yeah, Yeah, actually for the first six years. Um, Just a couple years ago, did we raise a little money to get us um, through a couple big ideas that I had. But it was really about the hustle and making sure that I was making more money than I was spending. And along the way came strategic partnerships with ShopUp and net a and some of these really brand-aligned partners that were very helpful in getting the word out um, and the notion out that there's duality behind what I'm doing. So it's not only for pregnant girls, but you can wear it again after the baby. And so net shot it on both pregnant and non-pregnant. So it was double marched on the site, which really helps as well. So pretty wild um, experience just starting this idea and then gaining traction. I did everything at the beginning from running to the factory and cut tickets to printing out UPS labels and shipping them, you know, customer service. I would make up aliases as Rebecca, you know, the customer (laughs) service manager, but it was me. You know, I was playing six different roles just to seem bigger than we were. And uh, what an amazing, amazing experience. Did you ever consider having a co-founder? You know, I didn't. And as much as I envy friends of mine who have um, co-founders and somebody to lean on, I just, I, in some cases it works, in some cases it doesn't. And I just, I'm so driven and have such a clear vision in my mind. For me, it's just a matter of piecing the puzzle together of how to get there. And I like to work backwards. I set a goal and then I work backwards as to how to figure out getting to that goal.
1: So who was your first hire at Hatch?
0: So um, my first hire was the graphics, someone to help me with the logo as well as the website design. And then I had one of my most um, sacred, special friends and first employees on two birds um, come over and really help me on Hatch as well. Mm -hmm. And you don't really hire when you don't have much money until you're absolutely desperate. So I just kept doing more and more and hiring people that really were 360 and wearing a lot of different hats Um, Were they freelancers
1: to start or did you have them full time?
0: So Nikki was spread between both companies, which was slightly uncomfortable just because she didn't know what her role was. Um, We eventually figured it out, which was a beautiful story. Um, But in some cases, they were freelancers for sure. I think production was probably one of my first hires to run to the factories and to do the cut tickets. There Mm. was just it was just so time consuming. And I was looking for someone who really was wise there just so I can focus on the creative and a lot of the other stuff. And did you have a background in D2C? How did you figure out
1: the marketing behind it?
0: No. I mean, I'm pretty business savvy and I'm also fashion savvy, but I'm not an expert in either. So it was more just putting my head together and cracking the nut and trying Mm -hmm. to figure out, you know, it was a new world for a lot of people. So Warby Parker was starting and a lot of, you know, Rent the Runway was starting. There was a lot of, um, you know, these big players emerging at the time. So just kind of taking a lead off what they were doing, seeing what they were doing. But paid strategy and acquisition strategies, those weren't as big then. Yeah. Instagram and and paying for ads and sto- remember stories is brand new yeah. and it's a huge revenue st- stream now but at, but you know back then it wasn't at all.
1: How would you stay current with all the social media trends to be sure you're able to jump on what was coming next to to help the business?
0: I definitely wasn't at the forefront of it. Um, I would say I was just trying to make sure that we were um, in the mix. You know, I didn't have the team or the money to be in the front of it. Yeah. So I think leveraging partners seating and gifting was really big for me because there aren't many options in maternity. A lot of the celebrities and influencers um, naturally came to us or their are did because there's not many options. Yeah. And so having them photographed and them sharing the love was also a big factor for me. And that was free, which I'm really, you know, it was really fortunate for when us. When
1: you would send gifts to celebrities, would you require that they posted and tagged you or you were just hopeful that they would do it? Crossing your fingers. Yeah. There's
0: no requirements. You can't really. Yeah. Unless it's a paid contractual yeah. thing. Um which I didn't have the money to do. You're really just hoping that they mm-hmm. love the product enough and that they pay it forward.
1: Was there a celebrity or an influencer that posted first that really helped put everything on the map?
0: I mean, if you can remember when Gwen Stefani was pregnant, she rocked the overalls, which was amazing. Um, There was just, there've been a lot of, a a lot of love from LA celebrities that just, and at the time, Us Weekly and People Magazine, those pictures of girls on the street was a big thing. Today, it doesn't really matter or move any, you know, revenue. Um, But at the time, some of these social pictures were just kind of everything. Um, and we're still getting a lot of love and, um, and now our partnerships are getting a little bit bigger because I can put a couple of dollars against them and we know really, now, what what kinds of things work? You know, the world has changed so much where it's not about the print pictures anymore. The aspirations of being a celebrity and buying what they are. It's it's very different today. So keeping up with that is just making sure that we have the right people on the pulse of just seeing what's sticking. What are our sweet spots? Oh, they wrote about us. What was the traffic to the site? Yes. Is this a possible sweet spot that we want to invest more money in? Really just kind of figuring out the, the lay of the land.
1: Tell me a little bit about the collaboration that just launched today.
0: Wow, what a big day. So today, <laughs> and thanks for
1: coming here on, yeah. the, on the big day. <laughs>
0: no, it's a great day. So I'm glad to be here on so many fronts. Um, so today we collaborated, uh, we launched our collaboration with J. Crew, which is really, um, it's been almost a year in the making. And it's just a beautiful story of a real collab in the sense that um, their number, uh, their third highest search term on their site is maternity. And ours is workwear. Um, And they don't really do maternity. And truth be told, I don't really focus on blazers and a dress to wear into corporate offices. Mm -hmm. So the fact that we were able to identify kind of this white space for both of us where we can help each other out is truly out of all the collaborations I've done so far, the most mutual beneficial that, you know, to date that we've done. And I'm so proud of it. I think there's about thirty pieces that we've done together, and so far today, it's just flying off the shelves on both fronts. It's pretty amazing. Congratulations! Thanks. How did that come to be? How did you connect with J. Crew? Well, in this case, um, it so happens that chief merchandising officer at um, J. Crew is one of my best friends from business school. That helps too. <laughs> <It> does help. <laughs> Use your network.
1: I always say, it to is. people, you gotta yeah. use your network. <laughs> the network, yes, and
0: it's a small world in New York. Um, I will say though that we're at such a beautiful moment right now because Hatch is this kind of this gateway right now to this high spending or just wonderful um, moment in a woman's life where she is about to embark on motherhood and spend money on behalf of not only herself but children and, and her family. And so Hatch, um, we're getting a lot of inbounds now to partner with us because it's a it's an amazing moment to get a customer that's coming through us first. And so the calls that we're getting from all different categories, um, that just it just is so helpful because we can use them for more exposure and eyeballs and they can really use us as a way to kind of build credibility in this new chapter of a woman's life.
1: And I noticed that you ha- obviously you have a new store that opened almost two years ago now.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? We have two stores. Yes. Oh yes, uh, LA
1: and, and you're new, York. new York. Yeah. And you do a lot of events there. Yes. And can you tell us a little bit about the events?
0: Yeah, it's amazing. So when I started Hatch, it was really about making women feel better about you know in giving them solutions uh, that made them feel better that they can invest in, and in those solutions it was it was clothing. Um, over the years, it's really shifted. We now offer Hatch Mama Beauty, which is non toxic um, products that help combat the the things that we that happen to us when we're pregnant. What Has happened since I've opened the stores in the last 24 months is pretty amazing and I never saw it coming. We're doing about two events a week where we're bringing in educators and doulas and um, prenatal experts and we're having conversations where women can come in and it's not about shopping but it's about sharing. And the education and the community piece that's growing based on um, these events that we're having have really kind of built this glow around Hatch that I'm so grateful for because. The brand actually means something mm-hmm. so much more now to these women who have a home that feel trusted. They're meeting other like-minded women, going through things at the same time. You know, very often we're not pregnant at the same time as our best friends. Yeah. So it's quite lonely. Um So I'm so proud that Hatch is now a community player where we can foster a lot of these conversations and allow women to talk about miscarriages and allow them to talk about fertility issues or why their kid can't sleep or why they feel like they're a failed mom. I mean there's so many things that are so real. I'm so grateful that the conversation's opening up and that we have a roof to kind of house it in.
1: No, oh, I think that's wonderful that you're doing that and I was looking at the events on your on your website and I'm like I have to come to some of those events. I want to I think you've a sleep expert either tonight yeah. or tomorrow. <laughs> I'm like I think I need to it's go amazing. hear them speak. Yeah. And we
0: don't charge for it, but yeah. they're sold out. They're at capacity, which is incredible. And so my my hope is that we're going to be able to surface a lot of this education online so that um Hatch fans and our community can access this information not just in New York and LA, but in, you know, wherever you are, um, wherever you are, so we can make a difference in your life anywhere. Absolutely. I mean, it's really fantastic. We even have what we call from dudes to dads where, you know, we bring in husbands or or baby daddies and and partners to come in and learn how to swaddle. The the boys learn how to swaddle fake, you know, plastic babies and how to change a diaper. And it's this whole like teaching, you know, learning experience for them. And it's just a win-win and so much fun for everyone. I love that. So good. Coming up,
1: the importance of partnerships and a surprise. I also started working in corporate America before Courtney and I both quit our corporate jobs to start SocialFly, and I felt like I took a lot of what I learned in corporate America that worked really well and then tried to stay away from things that I hated in corporate America. One of the things that I love so much when I worked for Marriott was their company culture. And I've really tried to instill this family-based values in our business at Fly. Were you able to take what you learned in corporate America and bring it to both of your companies? How have you gone about really setting up your company
0: culture? It's a great question. Um, I'm still in the midst of it. And I can say as a startup um, for both companies – I'm really doing the best I can, or I have. I've been trying to do the best I can. You know, you start as an entrepreneur with an idea in your mind, and then if you're lucky enough, it gets through the gate of having a little bit of demand, and then you start to hire people, and all of a sudden you're a CEO, and there's such different roles. And I'm way more comfortable in that entrepreneurial seat than I am a CEO. You know, the CEO seat, but you have to pick it up and learn as you go, and as you learn. Um, Hopefully you get better and you you know and you just mature and and figure some things out, but it's not easy. So quite frankly, I think culture culture um, you know in the office has been rocky over the years during the startup. There's so many dodgeballs that are thrown in a given day that, and as an emotional group of we happen to all be women, um, which I'm so happy about. Uh, It comes with you know a lot of estrogen and a lot of wonderful elements to it. Um, But you know when things when you get a lot of merchandise returned to you, you have a crap day and that impacts the morale of that day mm-hmm. and how do you pick yourself up the next day, yada, yada. You know, so morale is something and, and culture is something that only now, um, eight years after launching Hatch, am I able to pick myself up and say this is my priority now mm-hmm. in figuring this out and making sure that Hatch is built to a place where people want to work, Um my head has been down so much in figuring out how to get to the next level, um, and there's been you know a little bit of repercussions from all of that experience and the clunkiness of not having the money and not not having the team. There's so many reasons why that I think it's working a little bit reverse, where instead of starting off with some amazing morals and culture, I'm figuring it out um, now that I have some kind of corners in place and and I have kind of a foundation underneath us. What are you doing to
1: help figure that out? Do you have mentors that help you? Are you working with the team to ask them to help
0: come up with what the values and culture should be? Well, first off, I think there was a big shift for me when I really identified what I wasn't great at Mm -hmm. and where my insecurities were, were really more on the finance side of things. Even though I can speak the language, I just am not inspired there. I'm a product and marketing girl and that's where I shine and I'm inspired every day. And so when I first went to raise money when I was pregnant with um, my second daughter, Georgie, I was really going at it alone. I was um, exhausted. I was running the business. And I really didn't. I couldn't handle going into all of these meetings, doing the song and dance, getting rejected, and then going back and running the business. I just felt like a failure. And so I spoke to my mentor, um, one of my wonderful mentors, um, Serena from Serena and Lily, who Mm -hmm. continues to be a dear friend of mine, who was a couple years ahead of me in her journey. And she said, "Ariane, why don't you just take a break? Just pause for a second. Focus on your body. Focus on the business. And don't raise money right now. And you'll revisit it after when you have the support you need. So I took her advice. And, um, about a year later, I was very lucky to find, um, a COO who's with me today. She didn't start as a COO. She started as a consultant and she worked with me for a few months. She happened to have been one of my top customers who was quite smart and i met her at a networking event and said hey lindsay i'm looking for someone to help run operations and you know um do you know anyone or can you think about somebody for me and she said sure and she had the baby and came back 3 months after the baby and said i think let me take you to lunch i think i have someone for you and she kind of presented herself to me interesting and so we started um consult- she started consulting with me and then very quickly i knew she was exactly like yeah. the yin to my yang and everything that i needed to balance out um the areas that i didn't want to spend my days kind of obsessing over So with her on board, um, we decided that we were going to bring on a CEO coach and really a culture-building organization to help us look at the team and align us. And um, we still work with them. Um, My senior team gets a couple of sessions a month. I go weekly. And then the team at large, we do, I think, four times a year, we do half-day sessions. And I will say that it is just incredibly sobering and amazing to kind of have Uh, A buffer or someone to talk to, you know, we have so much inner dialogue. I think all of us as humans and we interpret things in so many different ways than they're intended. And if you can minimize some of that swirl and some of those thoughts, you can be so much more effective in your day. And so our coach really helps us kind of just minimize a lot of that noise and, and kind of talk clearly And if we're ever disappointed or not sure what someone meant by something, we have um, like an obligation to actually approach them and say, hey, I I think I heard you this way. Is this how you intended it? And really just squash it as soon as possible.
1: How did you find your CEO coach? Through
0: Lindsay. She actually – she brought them to my attention and at first I thought it was totally hokey. It was super expensive and it's turned out to be the greatest investment You know, it's basically like having a therapist. I'm just not allowed to talk about my husband. (laughs) Courtney and I
1: have a business coach as well, and we call it business therapy.
0: It's incredible. I mean, it's such a gift. It's so important. It's so important. important. And if, if, you know, anyone out there, you know, if you can find a way to afford it, I definitely think it's going to be one of the greatest ROIs in spend, you know, to support the team and you as you grow. Absolutely. Do you have uh, company values? We do. We've started to put them down on paper. Absolutely. We have kind of a mission statement mm-hmm. that we read every Monday morning at our team meeting. Um, I want it to get louder. I want it to get stronger. I want everybody to know by heart we're not there quite yet, but we're really moving in a positive direction. The other thing that's been really interesting is I'm a really loyal person. Um, and when you build a team based on grit and you you just kind of hustle and and build it the way that Hatch was built, you tend to hold on to relationships for quite a while, even as the needs of the company are changing. Mm -hmm. And what happens sometimes is the talent that you have on board in these relationships doesn't necessarily match up with um, how to grow the next chapter. And so painstakingly, I've shed some of these, you know, I've moved on to kind of building a new different new teams to allow us to look forward and not hold on to the past. And I think that's helping the culture a lot. How many people do you have now? We have 38. Wow. Yeah.
1: And in the past two years, is that when you've grown the most, would you say?
0: Yes, absolutely. So the funding we raised, um, we did a seed round of friends and family, quote unquote, seed round. Um, about two years ago that helped fund the ideation and the creation of Hatch Mama, which is that non-toxic beauty line that we came out with. And then really, I knew that women wanted to scratch and sniff and see Hatch in three dimension, you know, in person. And so building out the store was quite um, a cash outlay we needed some capital for. So um, both those ideas, um, we raised money for and they were both huge successes, which led us to raise our second round, um, our Series A, and we closed that about four months ago. Wow, congratulations. Thanks.
1: So how does it, work being able to run your business here in new york and you also have your store out in california how do you make all of that work
0: it's not easy at all um i think you have to delegate and be okay with things um falling i mean we opened la and we got robbed i think night three when i was back in new york you can't write some of this stuff it's just amazing so um you know you have to go into expansion in any way knowing that you're just up for more you know it's just riskier so um We, you know, when the ops team really kind of covers a lot of this stuff so that I can focus on driving the brand um, and vision forward while a lot of the operations are handled by a really wonderful team. I mean, employee relations, you know, once you have a store staff, things change constantly and there's a lot of stuff just there. So we're looking to, as we roll out stores, um, have someone who's just in charge of that, obviously. And really put commanders um, on every category, so that there's this kind of um, beautiful, just you know, hierarchy of, of a chain of command that we can rely on for people to take care of the different fires that come every single day. Are you involved in the interview process with new hires? I am. Um, I am less for some roles that don't touch my world. Right. Very much more on some of the creative roles that I would be collaborating with on a weekly, if not daily, basis.
1: Are there certain questions that you always ask in an interview to know if they're the right person for the role?
0: Oh, I wish <laughs> hiring is not my strength. I mean, I I want to get stronger there. Mm-hmm. I tend to really like people, so um, and sometimes I just like them too much without asking the right questions yeah. about their capabilities. Um, I have been giving out the personality test a little bit, Which just one to do see you use? the Myers Briggs. Um, yeah, 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 the Myers Briggs. Um, and there's this woman in Florida I was put in touch with that helps me interpret it based on the needs of the job description and what I'm looking for. And it's just absolutely fascinating how true and on the, you know, she's just on the nose about it and it's just fantastic. So that's been a great resource. Again, another example of piecing something together that I have no idea like how to be great at and just trying to figure out how to kind of read the signs and see, um, how I can, you know, make the right decision. We use an
1: assessment called the predictive index. And it's – I'll have to send you the link. It's really incredible. But it shows you what people's best working styles are. Wow. And when people take the test, it takes literally two minutes to take it. And it is so on point. It is just – unbelievable Oh, you must share that yes so I'll definitely send you the link after this so I'll send you the link so you can take it for yourself you'll read the report on yourself and you're like oh my god
0: it's tools like that that yeah. are so helpful yeah. right it doesn't seem like it's it's you know it's it might not be my best skill set but if with a tool like that yeah. I can just make better decisions yep. which is you know I would be so grateful and for. if
1: there's certain roles where you know like you have a really star person in that type of role and that's this is their best working style you want to find other people who are like that mm-hmm. so when other people take the assessment you have like oh there's an their captain. That's great. We know how they're going to be. Absolutely, yeah.
0: absolutely. And different. there's some things you know in in interviews you just can't ask yep. for. Right. You can't necessarily to say, you know, if there's a fire on a Sunday, even though it's a Sunday, will you be, you know, just on call just in case? Yeah. You know, you can ask those questions, but you know what I mean? There's some crevices you just can't get into. Some Sometimes these tests just indicate some of those areas that you might not be able to get to in questions.
1: No, definitely. Yeah. I always ask now, the one question I ask is, what's the nicest thing you've ever done for someone? Oh, that's such a good one. That's a question I ask every single person who interviews at our company.
0: Wow. Yeah. I love that. Because that's we only really want powerful. to hire
1: nice, kind people. We don't that's need amazing. a we don't need a team of mean, unfriendly people. not at all. That's so, a, that's yeah, awesome people who can't answer that question. <laughs> don't get a job.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah. So you have a lot of exciting things that are coming up over the next eighteen months. Tell us a little bit about what's happening.
0: I do. It's been um, amazing just to be able to test and learn a lot of these smaller, um, you know, the store. The stores have been, again, as I mentioned, such a community builder for the brand. Not only a profit center from a dollar standpoint, um, but also the community piece is just so important that I want to make a, it a focus mm. of the brand as we move forward. And I really want to be able to connect with women in every state, not just where we have locations. So. Surfacing community online is going to be a big area of investment for me and allowing um, a lot of these conversations and discussions to be accessible um, and a lot of these experts and these authors to be able to talk to our audience um, online as well. So that's really exciting. Um, I really want to continue the conversation with our amazing um, customers after the baby, so mm-hmm. we're launching nursing and um, uh, fourth trimester where in January of twenty twenty so to be able to continue that dialogue after the baby's yeah. born because a lot of people don't talk about the fourth trimester it's it's actually. Really, it's almost a blackout period because you're not quite back to yourself. I have no idea how I'm actually functioning right now. So (laughs) Exactly. And it's kind of a blur, but you still need you need us. You need friends you need you need stuff. Um, So I want Hatch to be able to provide you with those things and that shoulder um, to make you feel okay during that time, because it is such an amazing moment to have a baby in your arms. But you also have to think about you. And I really pride Hatch on not obsessing on the baby but really obsessing over the woman and and your journey and how can we be there for you um, while you figure the baby thing out. Yeah, no, that's so important. I can tell you my first day back in the office two weeks
1: ago, I came back to the office um, like one or two days a week for the past few weeks and now I'm actually back full time. And my first day back, I wore – I was like, oh, I'll just wear like a comfy sundress because I'm still – you know. Can't fit into my clothes from a year and a half ago. And I'm like, oh, I can't pump in this dress. (laughs) I'm like, I literally got naked in my office because – I'm not thinking ahead to this. I had just been home nursing at home and didn't have to worry about what I was wearing. So now I'm like, oh, I actually need clothes so I can pump during the day now.
0: It's true. Yeah. And how do you transition back gracefully? I mean, where your head's not in the game and your body's not in the game, but you kind of have to be there. Yeah. Um, so that's exactly the conversation I want to continue. And how do we be there for you? So fourth trimester is going to be a big focus. And then also rolling out some more stores, what I like to call experiential um, locations where we can not only um, provide you the the product, but also... House these amazing community builders in each local um, area mm-hmm. of doulas and prenatal experts and kind of unite these women there so that they feel like they have their community together. Um, and then continue online to just come out with great product and um, and partner with the collaborations that we have lined up are super exciting. They're in all different kinds of categories. And, and I just love the idea that we can be this gateway to motherhood. Um, and, you know, us as women, We need things in every category. So why not Hatchify lots of different plays, you know, in all different areas?
1: Oh, my gosh. I love that. So So you're not sleeping much then. (laughs) No, not at all.
0: (laughs) Well, you also have two children. I have two delicious, yummy girls. And so how do you balance being
1: a mom and running multiple businesses?
0: I don't, you know, I'm probably failing. I feel guilty constantly. Um, I will say that the one thing that keeps me going is that I'm inspired every day. Mm -hmm. Even on a crap day, I still feel like the fight is worth fighting. Um, It's an uphill battle on the back end, it's not all glory. And and while I talk a lot about our successes, there's a lot of steps back that we take, whether it's, you know, a container of 10,000 beauty bottles coming in shattered and being sold out of our best product to, a factory going out of business and taking our inventory to losing one of my top employees, Their, um, every day is a different um, a gist of trying to put out fires yeah. and be emotionally strong for my team where they don't see me sweat so much. I think I actually, you know, figuratively, I show them that I'm going through some of this stuff to be quite human. And I'm trying to balance that humanity with leadership yeah. and figuring out how to both be strong and raw at the same time. So I'm, I'm you know, consistently and constantly working on that. Um, and I don't think there's a right answer. I think it's just yeah. a work in progress.
1: Can you think back to a time when you definitely made a mistake in business and, and what you ended up doing about it?
0: Um there was a key hire that I made based on desperation, which is always scary. Mm-hmm. Um again, in a small business, you don't really have pitch hitters, right? So when somebody's out or you lose somebody, there's a gaping hole in the organization and actually what you're doing, you know, in that category. And sometimes I've been desperate and I, I, my gut was telling me not that this wasn't the right fit. Um, my team thought a little bit, you know, my team thought otherwise and we went for it. And very quickly after I realized that it was the wrong fit. Um, and people say higher, slow, um, fire fast. Yep. Um, in some cases, you can't hire too slow because you just need right. you need those eyes and, and those hands on that on that job. So what did um, you do? Um, you know, I cried for a bit <laughs> and we figured it out. Yeah. You have to figure things out. Yeah. Everything's figure outable no matter how painful it is. And you're only the wiser after these, you know, after these. Um, but wisdom is like kind of the key to getting older and, and more mature as a business owner and um and going through it. Are you going to start another business? Are you focusing (laughs) on Hatch
1: and all the new collaborations? (laughs) I
0: laugh that my companies are based on a woman's experience. So first you have bridesmaids, then you have pregnancy, and now next will be geriatric underwear. But (laughs) I'm definitely done for a long time. There's a lot of runway here. I feel like I'm just beginning. Um, And so I think I'm hanging out in this category for a while. I mean, everything you've
1: mentioned is things that I'm searching for online and that I need right now. So (laughs) I'm so excited for you to launch all of these new projects and collaborations because I will definitely be a customer of yours for sure. I love that. Up next, a big deal collaboration and why events matter so much. Here's your tip of the week presented by LinkedIn Talent Solutions. Hiring isn't as simple as putting an ad in the paper or posting to a job board. When you're juggling hiring with everything it takes to grow your business, it's important that you reach the right candidates at the right time. That's where LinkedIn comes in.
0: And my favorite part about LinkedIn Talent Solutions is that you can
1: find candidates who are actively looking for a job. This definitely saves so much time versus messaging people who might not be interested in your role. LinkedIn has over 600 million members that visit LinkedIn to make connections, learn and grow as professionals, and discover new job opportunities.
0: In fact, LinkedIn members add 15 new skills to their profiles and apply to 35 job posts every two seconds. That's how they make
1: sure that your job post gets in front of the right people with the right hard skills and soft skills to meet your role requirements.
0: Things like collaboration, work ethic, adaptability. LinkedIn does the legwork to match you to the most qualified candidates, so you can focus on hiring the person who will transform your business.
1: And we have a special code for all of our Entrepreneurista listeners to get fifty dollars off your first job post. Go to linkedin.com/entrepreneurista. Again, that's linkedin.com slash entreprenista to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. Oh, I almost forgot our most important part of the show. Oh, Mom yeah. brain is real. Is it's it a real surprise? Thing.
0: It is a surprise. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Is this like who do I want to have dinner with?
1: No, it's actually a real surprise for you. Okay. So if you look to your left, right below your seat, Yeah. look down. There's not a car under there. Oh, there. That's a pick up that bag. Okay, that's for you. Thank you. So, owning a social media agency and doing influencer programs all the time, we know it's very important to always surprise and delight people. Yes, and we probably send gifts to, you like you said, to, to celebrities. So Amazing. we always do a surprise and delight gift for our guests here. So oh my God, this lots is so of entrepreneurista swag. But then we also took some time to stock your Instagram account and read some articles, and we know that you love a good martini love a good drink
0: <laughs> i didn't use that on this one because i didn't want to like overkill how i get through it but i really did get through it with martinis well we know because that's what social media is you can learn everything about that's someone see so if you amazing. open them, open um, those yeah how cool is this <laughs> this is really special This sets you apart as, like, really caring about who you're working with. This is amazing! Thank you so much. So go home, have a drink, relax. It's the end of the day. This is so cool. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. I love my martini glasses. Yes, it helps a little bit. Not too much, but just a little. Just takes the edge off a little. What fun. That's super amazing. Thank you so much. And that's, you
1: know, that's what social media can do. You can really learn about people from social media. And I feel like that's what you do in your business. You're learning about these moms. You're connecting with them, you're finding out what's important to them, and now you're building new lines in your business to to help people.
0: Yeah, you're listening to the audience, yeah. right? Only get smarter and better, and put out product that makes sense. Absolutely. I wanted to ask you: Do you have a Facebook group? It's a great question. Um, if you can believe it or not, we're just starting a Facebook group now, and it's you know so much of Hatch is about my experience, mm-hmm. and I'm getting I'm aging out because my youngest is four years old now, and um, I just missed that whole Facebook experience, and my team. There's no – we're getting into it right now, and I'm very excited about that because I know that that's where moms are connecting. Yes. And the idea that we haven't tapped that yet – Is where we're going in terms of um, kind of forging this community online.
1: Yeah, I mean Facebook groups, I spend so much time in Facebook groups through my whole pregnancy based on obviously the crazy pregnancy that I had and then just now I'm in Facebook groups when I'm looking for certain products or ideas, you know, when I was looking for a night nurse, you just post in the groups you ask for recommendations and then a hundred people respond to you and it's definitely very, very powerful and we recommend it with our clients and business to start Facebook groups because right now you don't have to pay to play in Facebook groups. So you can really be reaching your community every single day and not, and right now, at least you don't have to put ad spend behind it.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's quite authentic and it's a conversation and people feel safe, which is exactly what I want. Absolutely. Private Facebook group for all of your, uh, we're on it. I think right now we have like 50 people in the group. So we're getting, all right, I have
1: to join. I'm going to search it right (laughs) now after this make, don't let me forget. (laughs) Um, so how do you balance being a mom? So you're, In the office most of the day during the day. And then do you shut off when you go home? Do you turn off your phone and spend time with the kids? How do you?
0: So, um, again, I think I could be doing a lot better of a job, um, in all honesty. I get home probably about 6, 30, or 7 Mm -hmm. um, from the office. So my kids, they're still young enough where they eat around 5. So we don't have the family dinner quite yet. But I am excited to make sure that we do have that. Um, And so in the mornings, I have about two hours with them. Um, Charlie, my youngest, she goes uptown for school. So she leaves quite early, but I have time with Georgie. And then when I come home, I do try and spend some quality time with them. But in in honesty, I'm quite exhausted. Um, Even on weekends, I'm quite tired. Mm. So as much as I want to like take them out first thing Saturday morning, I also have to reboot and kind of give my body a little bit of rest as well. So Trying to figure that out. My husband and I, you know, there's a lot of love. Fortunately, I have girls, so I don't have to be on the soccer field, <laughs> right? We can, like, kind of make bracelets and hang out yep. in bed together, which helps. Um, and just making sure that they understand that mommy's inspired and building something beautiful um, makes me feel better that they're mm-hmm. going to get this. And it's already starting to come through. Charlie's class at school came and I kind of had everybody on the team walk her class through the development of a product from sketch into reality. Um, And she's so proud of that. How old is she? She's eight and a half. Okay. Yeah. And um, just bringing them into the experience on on days off, they'll come to the office, they'll help us, whether it's, you know, packing boxes or going to the factory, they get hands on and they see what I'm building. And um, some of the guilt is offset by knowing that They know mommy's doing something that um, is inspiring and worthwhile. That's really beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's all I got. (laughs) Is there a certain motto or mantra that you live by? Um, You know, always, uh, you know, don't take things too seriously. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, at the end of the day. All of this, I could lose all of this, and what matters is our family and our yeah. friends and our love. Um, so, so trying to kind of keep that in perspective and realize how fortunate and lucky I am that every day I can keep the lights on and keep going with this idea. That was really just an idea that now actually can turn into a household brand that means something to people. Mm. Um, I feel very lucky every day, and I try not to lose sight of that.
1: What are you grateful for every day?
0: Uh, the opportunity to kind of keep going. Yeah. And The fact that I've that I have this, um, I feel like I'm at a blackjack table and I get to I keep getting down to one chip, but then like I win, and I get to stay in the game. I love that. I also love blackjack, but I love that. You know, just the fact that I get to stay at the table yeah. is just such a ride for me. Yeah. Um. And this is my life, and I ask myself, like, what else would I be doing with my time if I wasn't coming to the office and fighting the fight every day? And I don't know. I mean, this is my this is my life. It's, it's making something out of Play-Doh, right? Like I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but it's how I'm exerting my time and my passion. So Mm -hmm. that's enough for me to say it's my experience.
1: What advice do you have for entrepreneurs who are just starting out on their business journey based on everything that you've learned? What would you tell them?
0: Um, definitely do one thing every day that keeps you going so that the momentum builds and that you can't cop out Mm -hmm. because I think, you know, a lot of people say to me, oh, that's such a good idea. I could have done that Mm -hmm. or that was my idea, but they didn't do it. Right. Right. So how do you get from idea into action? And that for me is snowballing into a place where you talk about it enough and you do enough where you'd be kind of a fool if you didn't see it through. Mm -hmm. Right. So almost forcing yourself into it. Um, I wouldn't necessarily ask, ask I I would ask a lot of questions along the way, but don't look for reasons not to keep going, right? So if you hear a crap story from somebody, you know, don't take it too literally where you're giving yourself an excuse to duck and run. Um, There's a lot of things had I known – I mean truthfully, had I known how challenging this journey would be, I probably wouldn't have had the gusto to start. Um, and it's just what I didn't know that allowed me to keep yep. going.
1: <laughs> you have to be naive in the beginning or I feel like no one would ever start a business. It's so true. And then you just figure it out as you go along. And then Make there's no – you know, and there's no regrets. Yeah. Right? There's no regrets. Absolutely. What would you say being an entrepreneur means to you?
0: Uh, having the fight and the femme. You know, I'm I'm a lady at the end of the day. I'm a woman and and, and I want to celebrate that mm-hmm. and not – I you know, I like fashion. I like – Martinis, mm-hmm. I like girl stuff, but um, I'm also a um, you know I'm a bull. I want to mm-hmm. make things happen. I don't take no for an answer. I figure things out, um, and that duality is is kind of you know kind of summed up in that word. <laughs> I love that. Well, thank you
1: so much for. Joining us on the show today, I've learned so much from you, and I'm sure everyone who's listening has learned a lot too. Where can everyone find you, follow you, and get inspired by all of the new products that you're launching?
0: Yeah. So the website is hatchcollection.com, um, and if you're a first-time customer, you can get a discount um, when you get to the site. On Instagram, we're at hatchgal, and on Facebook, we're Hatch Collection.
1: Thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thanks for having
1: me. I'm Stephanie, and this is the best business meeting that you've ever had. Thanks for listening.